Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the heart's dedicated podcast which is back by popular demand, maybe small demand at least I would say, as we look ahead with optimism and, okay, just optimism for the new hearts season. I am Laurie Dunsire and I am delighted to be joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Hello, hello. Hello. How, How are, are you? you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Was there an echo there? Yes, there was. Let's we... start again then. No, no, Fine. no. This is we're we're going to maintain the fluidity and natural thing that we have going on into the new season. Apparently, it, it works. It does. Okay, so I'll, I'm going to have one hello instead of two hellos then, because you're clearly not editing that. Because that I'm that's thinking in my head that, controversial. that's very controversial because that could have gone places, and I don't want to go <laughs> to those places. Um, what's this podcast dedicated to this week? Because at the end of last season, it was dedicated to the Scottish Cup finalists. Mm-hmm. Then the the post season one was dedicated to the Scottish Cup okay, runners up. Okay. So 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 I think you've got to give the people what they want. So this podcast <laughs> is dedicated to what? To Betfred Cup Group A leaders. Leaders, yes. Top of the league. Yes. We're top of the league. Oh, Champions League spot already. <laughs> Fantastic. And th- there's a little known rule that if you if you win your your league in the Betfred Cup, it actually holds more kudos as far as the UEFA coefficient is concerned than actually winning the Premiership. So you can skip three rounds. So if Hearts can stay at the top of Betfred Cup Group A, they would go into the final qualifying round for the UEFA Champions League next season. So keep it up. Come on, we can do this. (laughs) So we will be talking about the Betfred Cup Group A uh, a little bit later, um, talking about the Hearts games. We're two games in at the time of recording, so we can review those without going into too much depth. You know, we don't like that kind of level of detail. We prefer the odd tangent. Uh, we will look at Hearts summer transfer business as well, of course. Always a big topic at this time of the year. And uh, maybe look ahead to the remaining two Group A matches for the Jambos on this week, the first Scarves Around the Funnel podcast of the new season. First up, before we get into uh, the, I guess, the match action and the transfer news and what's happened in that respect, um, thank you to everyone who has filled out our survey, which is on the website. Uh, there was a few tweets out about it from myself, from the Scarves Around the Funnel Twitter account, and from Mark. So just uh, what we're doing with this is just trying to get a little bit of feedback from those who listen to the show to see what you like, what you don't like, and what we might be able to do over the course of the season to hopefully make a few improvements to the show. If you haven't filled out the survey, you can just pop on to our website, www.scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk, and you'll see it as uh, the latest or second latest post, depending on on when you're listening to this, or you can just visit the Twitter feed, which is at Around the Funnel, and you can find your way to it from there. So please feel free to fill it in and be as honest or as brutal as you like. And uh, we'll use that over the coming weeks to make some sort of plan for the season ahead. And uh, yeah, hopefully keep bringing you some content that you enjoy. (laughs) 
So first up, before we get to the match action, I thought it would be useful to look at Hearts' summer transfer business. Um, it's been a fairly quiet summer in terms of transfers in for Hearts, which is, I guess, not what we're accustomed to in the last few seasons. Uh, Craig Halkett, which we knew about a little bit before the season started, coming in from Livingston on a pre-contract after his deal ended there. Connor Washington on a free transfer after he left Championship and going to the Premiership, Sheffield United, or Premier League rather, and Jamie Walker returning to Tynecastle after he left Wigan. Uh, going out the way, Connor Shocknessy, Arnold Doom, Dimitri Mitchell, although that one was ended a few months before the season ended because of injury, Aaron Hughes, Marcus Godinho, David Vanacek, Connor Salmon, Mallory Martin. So, Mark, first up, three signings in. At the moment, anyway, at the time of recording, Craig Halkett, Connor Washington, Jamie Walker, thoughts? Love the Halkett signing, but it does give us an issue. How do you fit three into two? Do you need to fit three into two? Can you play three at the back? Mm-hmm. If you're playing two, which two? Could you play Suter further forward? Because I think I think Halkett should be a, a regular starter. I said at the end of last season, if Berra has a good pre-season and gets back to to, to where he was before his injury at the start of last season as club captain as well. He'd be in the team. Um, and I think he started fine. He was one of the fittest in, in, in pre-season. Um, I think it's easy for Hearts fans, for any fans, to, to have short memories. And we remember the kind of form that that he kind of showed after coming back, which I think was, was too soon. But that's the kind of leader he is. He wanted to help out. I think you have to give... Christoph, the benefit of the doubt here, and rather than say, well, he was, it wasn't as good as he he has been um, towards the the kind of end of last season. Um, let's see what he's he's capable of, and and so far, fine, hasn't really been overly tested. The the true test will come at Petodri on the first game of the season, um, but that would be my initial thought with regards to to the Halkett signing. Uh, one thing I'd, I don't know if I'd like to say, I'd like to see it tried out. I'd like to see John Suter played a little bit further forward to accommodate Halkett and Berra. I don't know if that's something that you think might work. Well, interestingly, Halkett was the player who was rumoured to be being pushed further forward. Um, before we got the Dundee United team news, there were a lot of thoughts that Levine might do that, put Halkett towards midfield, to make up for the fact that Haring is struggling at the moment and we don't know what his injury situation is going to be like. Hart's looking for a second opinion. Um, What I've heard is it might be a case that Haring just needs rest to properly heal and then he will be fine. He's obviously been put through quite a lot last season. Um, Wasn't ready to come back but we needed him to. He got some injections which aren't good really for, for any sort of injury. So it might be a case that we just have to miss Peter Haring for a short period but then avoid him being a kind of in and out in and out constantly problematic injury worry so I mean what I would say is in terms of I don't think Halkett would be better midfield having seen him for Livy last season having seen him for us although he's a centre back he's, he's a centre back he, he, he was and he was yeah. he was brilliant against Cowdenbeath and I know it's Cowdenbeath you can only you, you can only take so much from that but like Berra just didn't look like he'd ever lose an aerial duel. You know, if you're playing... Hold on, a... Laurie, hold, Laurie, hold on. Sorry, buddy. I think Eva Grace is falling. Give me two minutes.
Okay, we're back um, after <laughs> some, I, I want to say technical issues, but we're, we're going to, re- well, Mark's going to reveal what the issues were. I do not know yet what the no, issues were, so um, Mark, please tell us why we've had a, a short um, commercial break. <laughs> a commercial break? Well, normally, you, you've you obviously probably heard if you're a regular listener, and my daughter, Eva Grace, um is usually up to something usually up to no good during the recording of a podcast but she's in another room um my wife has a kind of a certain squeal of ava grace's heart but this wasn't that certain squeal she's like ava grace ava grace ava grace was barking going woof woof at the back window there was a bear in our pond a bear a bear (laughs) in our koi pond so ava grace thought it was a doggy or a teddy bear so she alerted mummy Go by going woof woof, and meanwhile the bear was trying to eat the koi fish. So Ava Grace is fine. So Ava Grace has saved the fish. So already we have our we have our we have our our episode one, um, podcasts, um, headline. So we know what, what that's all about. So so the bear is now gone. It was told swiftly to Foxtrot Oscar. Um, Ava Grace has saved the fish, and we may now continue. Where were we? Uh, how big was the bear? Not the biggest I've seen. Daddy bear's biggest, then mummy bear. This looked like a well-grown you cub. You don't need to explain it to me like I'm a toddler. Have you had a bear in your pond? That's the third one we've had. We've I, had a dad, we've I, had a mum, and now we've had a big kid. I live in Musselburgh, so surprisingly, no, I've not had a bear in the garden. Um... <laughs> Well, we did start off the show with hello, hello, and it's kind of oh, apt okay. now the bears. that we've, okay. we've ended up with bears as part of the podcast. Okay. Uh, yeah, so so drama on episode one, <laughs> Ava Grace saves the fishies. Okay. Wow. I don't, and, know, yeah, I, don't... <laughs> I don't know how that fits into the, the formational change or the new signings or, or whatever, but uh, in all the tangents that we went off on in season one, there <laughs> can be... That's a high bar to set now for a tangent in, in season two. There's a bear in the garden. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Anyway, we were talking with Craig Halkett. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, centre back, yeah, thought he looked terrific in the air against Kyle Meath. I think if you're playing a team who want to try and play direct or have big physical striker or strikers, Halkett and, um, and uh, Berra will rarely lose out in the air. Um, as for Suter moving forward, I, I, I still don't like tinkering too much with that, and I think it goes against what Levine said he wanted to do with Suter. I think long term you have to look at Suter and and Halkett as the, I guess, the future pairing if you're going to hold yeah, on. That's long term. What what we're doing this season? Are we playing three at the back? I don't know. You'd have to ask Craig Levine, but uh, two games in, he's been playing four at the back. Um, so you you certainly but it's think. Been t- yeah, it's been two from three. He said that. He's like, well, Berra's probably going to get a rest for the next one. When it comes to the crunch at Aberdeen, what's he going to do? It's difficult because do we have... Well, let's have a look at... Well, we'll look at other signings, then we'll talk about how the team might line up. So, Connor, okay. Was- Connor Washington, which I thought was a really good signing. He's a player who didn't score at all last season, but this is for a very good championship team who won promotion to the Premier League. He's a player who scored about one in three when he was in League One. He did very well non-league, and he's not a 
he isn't a poacher. He's not going to... I don't think he's going to score 20-plus goals in a season. I'd be delighted if he did. I don't think that's what he's brought in for. But he's got a lot of energy, and I think he'll link up the play very well with the likes of Walker and, well, potentially Naismith, we think, you know, attacking from slightly deeper. Good signing, and I liked his energy so far. I have as well. It was funny when... Well, not funny, but hypothetically, when Shanklin scored... Um, for Dundee United against Hearts at Tynecastle, <laughs> my first thought was, did we sign the wrong striker? Because <laughs> he he was someone that we spoke about, and I'm sure many other Hearts fans spoke about as being a potential signing. I think it's a really good one for Dundee United. Um, but we didn't know, and we still don't know, what Shanklin's level is. Given what Washington has done, um, not so much recently for club, but certainly in the past, as you mentioned, and, and, and for country as well, um, commentated on him in the Euros. Uh, decent player. He's a link player. He's a striker uh, who's a link player. And he, he should have been off uh, off and running if, if Zanata had passed to him at Cowdenbeath. Yep. Uh, so he's, he's still waiting on his, his first goal. Um, if it's one or the other, you'd probably take Washington, given that he's he's done it at a higher level. Um, and yeah, I mean, good good signing. I think there were a few clubs after him. And it wasn't a case of, oh, we've signed a, a Premier League striker because he, he, he was never going to play for Sheffield United in the Premier League. Um, but, yeah, I, I like I like the energy and I like the effort so far. And speaking of energy, that's that's one thing I've noticed. Obviously, I heard the Cowdenbeath game on the radio uh, and I watched the Dundee United game on Hearts TV. And from what I've heard and seen so far, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the, the energy and the fitness that certainly mm-hmm. seems to be to be evident right from the start. That's certainly a positive, and, and Washington's a big part of that. And one thing about Shankland, from what I've heard people talking about him and why maybe Levine and Hearts and other top flight clubs didn't commit and actually sign him, or were put off maybe, is that fitness side of things. I think a few people hmm. have suggested that there's doubts if he has the, I guess, the, phys- the, the energy and the, the fitness to make it in the intensity of the top flight. And um, Levine is very much someone, certainly these days, who likes players to be fit and be able to put in as much as they can in a game. I would certainly see... Um, he's a he's a penalty box striker, but whether he could do that at the top flight is another matter altogether as well. But Washington certainly has that over him. He's trained and played at a higher level than Hearts, and obviously much higher level than the uh, second tier in Scotland as well. So I think that's a big part of it. And his quality and his intelligence, I think, is already evident and I think the goals will come albeit I don't think he'll be a 15-20 goal a season striker uh, Jamie Walker the third one so, love it love in, it love it love it yep I mean it's an interesting one because he left in oh, I mean I, I wasn't neither here nor there by the time he left I thought his last year maybe year and a half he was nowhere near the level that he should have been for the player with his quality I think his mind had went elsewhere I think he needed to go at that point He's tried it down south, didn't work out. You know, fine. I'd, I'm not one of these fans who really holds much of a grudge unless there's a real, real reason to. It's like when Ryan Stevenson came back, um, I was pleased. I thought he did well enough for Hearts. He had his reasons for going. Some people didn't like it. Some people weren't bothered. He came back and had a point to prove, and I thought Ryan Stevenson had... I thought it was a big statement to actually come back when he knew that a lot of fans didn't like him after what happened. And I, I think the same goes for Jamie Walker. And I think he does have a point to prove, and although it's only a game and a half in, game and a bit in competitively. I really liked that 
against Dundee United. He didn't. He was putting in challenges. He was up and down. He clearly tired in the second half. But I thought first half he was terrific, and it reminded me of the Jamie Walker who was brilliant for Hearts and was so influential in both the Championship and in the first season back in the top flight. 15th of December, his last game, before he played Dundee United for Peterborough at Shrewsbury. Uh, it's been a while, and I thought he did he did well um, in that game. It was a, obviously his finishing, as Hearts' entire team's finishing over the first couple of games has been rusty. There's a couple of points I want to make about Jamie Walker. 2016-17, outstanding. 12 goals, 28 starts, played 34 games in total, a number of assists, that was the the kind of the real Jamie Walker that we saw then. Following season, didn't really do too much. Maybe started to believe in his own ability a little bit. Head was turned. Potential move to Rangers. Um, Wigan came in from in the end. I think what's happened down there has been humbling um, for 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 Jamie Walker. I think it's kind of uh, opened his eyes a little bit in that. Don't be surprised if he ends up back down in England, but he's going to have to do well for Hearts again um, for that to, to have happened because didn't start one game, didn't play one minute. He was an unused sub once in the championship for Wigan. His only games came in League One for Wigan and Peterborough. He only started seven games. And for a player of his ability, certainly that 2016-17 Jamie Walker, um, he, he's better than he showed down there. But... We, we, we've all had been in those positions whereby your head gets turned and you, you've maybe not grown out of a club but think you can do better. I think that was a bit of a wake-up call for Jamie. And I think he's come back knowing, you know what, I'm going to have to prove myself again. And so far, he's off to a good start. And worth mentioning as well, I was at Central Park last night at the time of recording. And at halftime, he was obviously a substitute. At halftime, he was... Um, in amongst the terraces, he was um, having his photo taken with kids and fans and such like, and speaking to a few people. And I think, I think he enjoys being at Hearts. I don't know if he maybe forgot about that towards the end of it, but I think he likes being part of that club. And I think he does like being an important player at a club. You know, I think he was really excelling when he was one of the key players, and he will have realised what it's like when you're a peripheral player at a club and you're not even getting on the bench sometimes when he was down south. He wasn't really used to that at Hearts when he was fit because he was always quite an important player once he'd made that breakthrough. So I think he'll enjoy And I really hope he does grasp it. I mean, there's obviously doubts about maybe fitness and injuries. He's had some problems with that. But if he stays fit and he can recapture that form, I think he'll be a really important player. The type of player that we were missing last season. So so I agree. I think it was a good move and uh, hopefully one that will work out for the campaign ahead. Now, I don't want to... Just, 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 be, sorry, just before you move yeah. on, um, you've heard of the singer, the Canadian singer, Joni Mitchell, haven't mm-hmm. you? Yes. To, to quote a line from one of her songs, probably our most famous song, Big Yellow Taxi, and it's for Jamie Walker. <laughs> uh, you, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And I think that's true. I think, I think you can be an autopilot and you just think, you know what? I'm not I'm better than this, but th- this, is, this is a little bit too easy. And I think maybe after 2016-17, he, he thought, yeah, right, okay, time for next level. Well, your next level came, it didn't work out, you're back to where it was. I think now he's realised that he had it pretty good. And he might end up again in England, he's 26. But he's going to have to have two really good seasons. And you know what, if he does, good on him. And I'd welcome that move to England in two years, because the only way he's earning a move to England 
in the next couple of years, if that's what he wants, if he's not been put off by it, is to play lights out for hearts. And that's a win-win for both parties. In terms of players out, I don't want to dissect them too much. Um, Connor Shockness say back to Leeds. Dimitri Mitchell had already went back to Man United. Aaron Hughes retired. Marcus Godinho wasn't really a key player. Went to the German third tier. I think Connor Salmon and Mallory Martin's departure was always expected. Uh, I guess two to briefly look at. Arnold Jume, now he's gone to Saudi Arabia. Craig Levine was quite candid about the departure. Said it was you know, basically a, his final big move. Hearts couldn't match the type of money he could earn. I'm one of these where maybe, I don't know if I'm in the minority. I'm really, I'm, I don't really hold anything against Arnold Jume. I thought he was a good player for us. I, I don't think it's a disaster that he left, but I would have been quite happy if he'd stayed. And I don't really begrudge him holding out for a move that he, you know, from a, if people take off the, the football <laughs> tinted specs, you know, this is really his last chance to earn a big amount of money. He's obviously about to go into his 30s. I think, I, 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 for me, it was actually, I thought, yeah, I get that. We got a few good years from him. I thought he was a solid player, better than a lot of fans gave him credit for. A move to earn him and maybe his family some cash. I, I don't know. Am I am I in the minority where I think you know what? That's fine. Works out for all parties. Whatever. But I would have been quite happy to see him stay. If you're in the minority, I'm with you. I just don't think that the system Hearts used suited him. Um, for for me, he would have been a conductor of the orchestra. Get the ball, spray passes, play the tune. Um, he would be the heartbeat of the side, and and he wasn't that at Hearts and and. I wish him well. Um, will we miss him? I don't know. It's a kind of, oh, well, type departure. It's not, oh, my God, he's gone. Oh, I can't believe it, departure. Good player. Better for his country recently than he has been for his club. Um, at his best for Hearts, yeah, a big asset. But we didn't see his best enough. Was that because he wanted away? Well, I don't think so, because he took a while to get his move to Saudi Arabia. Uh, was that because he didn't, or wasn't happy with the tactics? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'd like to see him replaced. I still think we spoke about it last season because we thought it was likely he was going to go. Who who is going to play that position? Does that position exist in the the formation that Craig Levine wants? Don't know. Is the answer. But for Arnold Jim, good luck, kid. Um, enjoyed the the good moments, and yeah, we move on. Another departure which was maybe partly expected, but certainly wouldn't have been expected at this point uh, when he signed. David Vanacek um, left for Hungarian side Puskas Academy. This is probably going to go down as one of the worst signings for Hearts in recent seasons. Maybe not just on quality of the player but in terms of how much a signing was hyped up and how much it failed up there with your Juwan Oshaniwas um, and I can't decide if this is going to be one of these where you look back and think wonder if he was actually not bad or it was just a disaster I'm, I'm actually going to be I'm going to be inclined to check what he's doing in Hungary and how his scoring and appearances are because he obviously did reasonably well at an alright level in his homeland in the Czech Republic what do we think of this whole David Vanacek? We're not going to speak about it again, really, after this podcast, but this has just been an incredibly disastrous transfer for Hearts. Something's gone wrong here. 
And I think I think whether it's Hearts, whether it's Craig Levine, whether it's the scouting department, they've got to take a fair chunk of the blame for this because it was embarrassing. No goals, three starts, much heralded when he came over. Um, eventually ended up at Tyne Castle with an arse the size of mine. <laughs> and from that point on, as Craig Levine quickly pointed out, that there was work to be done. Um, just how to make friends and influence people. Welcome to Tyne Castle. Look at the bloody size of you. Lose weight or you're not playing. How did you get that size? Well, you weren't that size when we scouted you. I mean, he has to take some blame as well. If he thought, yeah, I've made it. I've, I've, I've left the Pulitzer in the Czech Republic. I've got a move to Scotland. It could be my, my open door to another big move at the end of it. Let himself go. I think there's blame on, on both sides here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was just, um, I don't want to drop the F-bomb too early in uh, in the season. So I won't. I'll, I'll wait. It, it was a screw-up. We it's, haven't got that explicit tag just yet. It's interesting, though. I mean, you know, sometimes we've had players who've come in and they've not looked the part and they've gone and they've disappeared off the face of the earth. I think Oshaniwa plays a lower league football in his native Nigeria now. I don't, even, I don't know what happened with that one. But then you do have some, and it's it's vastly different than Vanacek. But the likes of Bjorn Jonsson, who I, I was always surprised it wasn't a very popular player with a lot of fans, and he obviously wasn't a popular player with um, Ian Cathro. But I was really disappointed when we let him go. I thought he had a lot of potential, and you know he's since done really well um, in the Netherlands. And it was about two and a half million he went for to AZ Alkmaar in the end, um, and it's. Just there's instances like that where I'm not sure. It's like, is this a player in Vanacek that we should have persisted with and tried to? And, and obviously he looked vastly out of shape, and he didn't look the part when he played. But um, I can't quite yet decide if it's going to be one we're going to look back and think what could have been, or just like what the hell were the scouting department thinking in the first place? Just the way it was handled. The way yeah. it was handled was was very poor. Yeah, um, by him as well. By him, I mean, yeah. With, oh yeah, of, of course. That's what I'm saying. There's there's blame on on, on both sides here. Um, so. Look, I, I saw a player in Bjorn Jonsson it, it, for whatever reason. Um, Cathro didn't fancy him. I, I think I'm right in saying that Jamie Walker, before he went to Wigan for the first half of 2016-17, played with Bjorn Jonsson. Um, and it's a, it's a what might have been now. We, we've got Uche. And I'm looking forward to chatting about Uche and Sean Clare. Those are two players I want to chat about um, sure. to, before the end of the this podcast because I think it's a big season ahead. For those two, but yeah, Bjorn, Bjorn Jonsson's done well in the Eredivisie. He had a good season at AZ um, in his first kind of proper season after doing well with Den Haag. Um, but he's moved on, and, and yeah, we'll see what happens with Vanacek. But yeah, that, that's not one that covered anybody in glory. That, that signing. So moving on and looking ahead to what will lie ahead for Hearts in the coming season. Um, We've talked about some of the incoming players and the departures. So what's left? Let's have a look at what the team could line up as. And um, what I thought I would do, Mark, a very simplistic way I sometimes look at squads, and it's probably from me being an avid player of football manager as well, is you, you kind of line your line up your formation. You think, I'll need at least sort of two players for each position. You know, injury, suspension, just having general options as well. So... If we go with a nice simple 4-4-2, which is what Craig Levine has used in the opening games, not to say that's how he will play, but if you look at that, in goals, Zlamal and Doyle, whatever you think of those, 
I don't think there's any point in going over it. I think those are our two goalkeepers for the season, unless yep. something drastic yep. happens. Yep. That's and it'll, be, just, it'll be Bobby's Lamal in, in goal. I was yep. actually pleased that he saved the penalty in the shootout against Dundee United, because I watched back the cup final, um, the penalty that he conceded, and then he, he kind of let it through his hands. Uh, so I was pleased he got a penalty save, because it's been a while since we had a goalkeeper that you were pretty confident who was mm-hmm. wearing a, a Hearts jersey would actually have a chance of saving a penalty. Right back, Michael Smith, massive yep. fan. I thought he was great against Dundee United, especially considering his wife had just given birth earlier that day and he you know, rushed over to play, was thinking he might not be able to. Um, I thought he was excellent last season, one of our most consistent performer, performers. Um, backups a bit were interesting. You've kind of got Jamie Brandon, who I have to say I'm not overly convinced so, are you happy that we've got right back covered? I mean, I think we've got a great starter, and I don't think you'd want to really look at replacing him. But options. Well, if, you rem- that- if you remember towards the end of last season, there were a couple of times that Sean Clare filled in at right back. Yeah. So, uh, not for me, but if that's what he thinks is is his backup plan uh, for an on the pitch kind of change, if Michael Smith is forced off. Um, and that would be, if you're talking about two decent options for each position, that would be the position I would be concerned about not having decent backup in the right fullback. Okay. Um, left fullback is one where we've got a lot of players who can cover there. We've got A.D. White, um, Aaron Hickey, of course, who's been brilliant since coming in, but still very young. Ben Garuccio, who's out injured, but will be back before the season is up. And Bobby Burns has been there as well. He played against Cowden Beath in the second group game. It's a it's a position where it's it's kind of the opposite of right back. I think we've got lots of options but not as good an option one single option. So right back we've got a really strong player but not much backup. Left back we've got lots of options. Yeah, that's well well summed up. Um, <laughs> Almost. <laughs> no, I think it is. I think I think you're right. Uh you could add Jake Mulraney to that. We've got a lot yeah, of depth. Yeah. A lot of depth. That, uh, I'm not a fan of Jake Mulraney as a left back. I don't mind him as a left wing back if if Vera's in the centre as opposed to left centre back. Um, left full back. Who would I start with? If you're going to start a kid in a cup final and he plays well, for me he's going to be your first choice. Garucho's mm-hmm. out for a while. Uh, Ad White will be a, a project um, that will be taken care of, and when he's ready, he'll, he's ready. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see with him. Uh, Hickey, right now, I, I, height would be the one issue I would have. If you've got a right midfielder for the opposition and you've got a diagonal on top of him, that would be a concern. I just love it. I love his composure. I've spent the summer doing various things, baseball and tennis, and I saw composure from a young girl, a young tennis player called Coco Goff, Corey Goff, the American. You might have seen it at Wimbledon. She had composure beyond her years, and I think the same as is true with Aaron Hickey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's something that I think we build on because you remember a couple of seasons ago when we played a lot of youngsters, um, Harry Cochran was someone that did well when he was given the opportunity and then Harley got a chance last year because of injury, uh, one thing, but he, he wasn't selected when, when he was fit a few other times. It's how you manage these youngsters. So it's a tough one. And I, I don't envy Craig Levine having that decision, but I think he's, he's stacked as far as options are concerned. Centre-back, I think we're well-placed, especially in terms of 
playing two at the back because you've got John Suter and Berra, and I mean, you look at a backup for each central defender, if that makes sense. So you've got Craig Halka, and you've also got Clevy Di Camona, who I think is yep. a good deputy. So I think centre back, I've got really no qualms. I'm very happy with who we've got in there. Agreed. Yeah, to- totally agree with that. And Halkett's a right good signing. And if we do find a way to play Halkett, Suter and Berra, uh, with the set-piece acumen that we have obtained mm-hmm. and worked on, I think we're a big threat aerially um, from, from set-pieces. Not just the, oh, let's run over the ball and pretend <laughs> the opposition was screwed up. But I think Halkett is one of the best, not just headers of a football, but he he times his run. You saw that for the first goal. I think, was it Bozanic yes. that delivered at Cowdenbeath? Yeah. Uh, it's, unless you put two on him or you find a way to block him, and Cowdenbeath at that level are not going to be able to do that. He he could be a right... I wouldn't be surprised this year. He, he'd be the one I would have. If I knew he was starting, he'd be the one I would put my, my five pound each way um, on, on first goal scorer. Seven. Uh, seven he, last season for Livy. That, that's what I'm saying. I think I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he can start, say, 30 games for Hearts. How he does that, I don't know. If we play a three or if we play him and, and whatever. But we've got three good centre-backs now. If he plays 30 games, I think he, he scores um, one in five. I, I, I'd go over under six goals for that. I, I, he's a big threat and I, I really like him. Into midfield, if we look at the, the wide areas. Now, it, it's difficult in the middle of the park because... Depending on how you play, you might if you suddenly go to a back three and have wing backs, and you know you're not going to have wingers. But say we do play with more conventional wingers, stroke wide midfielders. If you look on the right, you got Jamie Walker, who was in there against Dundee United. Whether you feel he's better as a ten or not, I don't know. You've got Anthony McDonald, who likes to play. He can play both sides. He said that recently in an interview, but. I think he's often very good on the right, cutting in onto his favourite left foot. That's where he started against Cowden Beath. You've got Callum Morrison as well, who's still in the squad. Um, I think we have some options on the right. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to quickly move to the left as well, because I think there's a lot of interchanging here. The left, you've got Mulraney and potentially Zanata. My issue with the wide areas here, both right and left, is it's very much... Uh, I don't know if any of those will work out. It's not like those clear... Better Suter, Halkett, Michael Smiths. There's a lot of well. Is that that is that their best position? Are they ready? I'm not sure. Can we play with left and right midfielders with what our squad currently has and be confident that we have players ready for consistently playing in the Premiership? Yeah, I think we can. If we're going four four two, yeah, I think I, I think we can. Uh, Walker can also play on the left, coming yeah, inside yes, on, on, yeah. on his right foot. So I don't have an issue with that. Um, Mulraney. Uh, as an option on the left. Zanata, by all accounts, had a very good first half, apart from he should have passed to, yes. yeah. to uh, Washington. Um, but certainly the, the guys on Radio Scotland were waxing lyrical. A lot of them, I mean, it was Gary Naismith and Neil McCann in commentary. So they've both kind of seen him playing for some of his loan teams mm-hmm. um, that, that he was out playing for, and they noticed a marked improvement in that. I think he's 22 now, Dario, so it's yes, a big season. Is. Big season for him, so he's going to be looking at, at Jake Mulraney and pushing Jake, and and Jake and uh, he's he's going to kind of think, well, I need to be better if I've got to keep Dario out of the team. It's just options, but I think if he's going four, which so far looks like that's what his idea is, um, four would give you guaranteed width on either side, and if you wanted to 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 bring Jamie and play him in a little bit, if Callum Morrison played. 
I think I think we're okay for worth. I think that was a necessary signing mm-hmm. of Jamie Walker. So I'm I'm happy with that. Now the central midfield and striker areas that you're going to get. To, <laughs> this is this is. This is a big discussion point for me. Okay, so we say we'll have two central midfield positions if we're going to go four four two. So you could have you got Haring, Bazanic, you got Lee still at the club, but I don't think he's going to be. I think we're going to try and get rid of him by by the looks of it, especially given his squad number has been demoted. Um, you got Ryan Edwards, you got Harry Cochran, you got Andy Irving. You've also got Sean Clare, who I didn't even list initially because I can't decide where Craig Levine wants Sean Clare to play. He has given him number eight, which certainly does suggest a natural central midfield. I don't know. I'm not deciding on where Sean Clare's best position will be. But out of all those, so Haring, Bazanich, Lee, Edwards, Cochran, Irving, Clare, do you see obvious strength in it? I think is a lot of depth, similar to left back, but beyond Haring... I'm not convinced that them on a regular basis playing, you know, week in, week out, especially in some of the, the bigger games. Yeah, there's a lot. It's one of these, I'd trade four to get one, or <laughs> trade three. You know what I mean? Um, but we've got a fair bit of depth. Remind me where Connor Smith plays. He, he can play in the middle of the park, can't he? He can. I mean, yeah, I've not included him there, I suppose. You could still, still very young. Um, I wasn't sure if he's one that will be in Craig Levine's thoughts for regularly competing um, but the re- the he, he reason, can play yeah, the, in the middle the reason I asked is, is that do we need to go and get someone if Haring's going to be out for a couple of months or do we have someone already there that we can give the opportunity to because as a youngster whether you're prodigiously talented or not you just want the chance and if you see the manager going out and getting someone in your position does your head go down how hard is it that you're going to get a small chance maybe off the bench to, to do something with the small amount of time that you're given. Do we have a sufficient number of players in there that can see us through without having to go and spend on a new midfielder? I, I mean, I suppose, again, I mean, overly simplistic for the the sake of the, the debate here. But again, if you look at it in a way that I like to sometimes in the city, if you've got two central midfielders, the old Brelier and Hartley or Brelier and Aguiar kind of combination so a worker hard tackling recycle possession um alongside maybe a more attacking creative move into the final third type midfielder so i guess Haring, although he is a very good player on the ball is you're maybe deeper of the two if you're going to have them and he's the player who will start every week i think if he is fit and then you've got you've got you've got the creative maybe the more Cochrane or Clare or, or potentially Irving who I thought was terrific against Dundee United despite his obviously late red card. Is Ryan Edwards the other option to be the God the, I forgot about him uh, to be that kind of hard working recycle possession do some of the dirty stuff and let someone drive forward pairing if if Haring's out. Well, he started in the cup final, and that that was a big shout, and he did all right in the cup final mm-hmm. as well. So. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I'd forgotten about him. Um, this is the whole, oh, he, he did nothing for us last season, Brigades, who, of course, you could easily join them. <laughs> uh, uh, anyone could, because they'd be right. But to that extent, you can't just say, well, I'm not playing him this season because of what he did last season. Uh, when he came back, he was given the chance. He worked hard. He played in the cup final because of what he did in training that week. I'm convinced by that. He must have had an unbelievable training session. Uh, that that week to to get into to the plans and to get into the, the team. 
would Naismith work in there in the engine room once once he's ready? Is he someone that could play a little bit deeper? Again, there's a lot of ifs, buts, and maybes. Sean Clare, let's let's talk about him. Mm-hmm. Sean Clare is someone who I've, I've had question marks about, and that 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 was evident um, from last season, and I made no secret of that. And it wasn't due to a hatred, due to a dislike, due to, to anything like that, because I can see there's a player in there, but it was it was out of frustration. I had him as a guy who I would not want in the trenches alongside me because I'm not sure when the going gets tough if he's prepared to battle. And I I stick by that. When he's got the ball, he can do things. We've seen that. But towards the end of last season, there was I can't remember what the game was. I also accused him of being a pointer. One of these guys that kind of points about what everyone else should do with the ball, but he's far enough away that he's, he's not really... I'm not saying interested in getting the ball. I'm just, this is all through a frustration that there's a player in there. I also said last season that when he's playing well, he's the first name on the team sheet. But I need more from him. The Dundee United game that I watched, there was a couple of balls he played. I thought, there's your player. There's definitely a player there. And then there was a couple of moments when I thought, get more involved. If you're going to be playing in this role, this isn't a passenger role. If you're going to be playing... In the centre midfield role, I want you screaming for the ball every time. I didn't see that. So it might be a new position for him to have to play. Would he be my choice to play in there? Not just now. But bearing in mind, Peter Haring came to the team or came to the club as a centre back and mm-hmm. look where he ended up. It might work. Um, is this the, the kind of time to try it? Of course it is. It's the League Cup. Um, it's the group stages. Is it something that Craig Levine's going to persevere with? Well, we know Craig Levine, um, like most of us, is stubborn when it comes to certain things. Maybe is blinkered when it comes to other things as well. But I, I don't think you can try something for two or three games and then get a, a full assertion if it's going to work or not. If that's what he wants, we have to back him for that. That Sean, he wants to try Sean Clare in the centre of the park when Peter Haring's not there. But I need more from him. I, I know the talent is there. I've seen it. We all have seen it but we haven't seen it enough. Get on the ball more, demand the ball more, because from what we've seen, when you've got the ball, you're a bloody good player, but just get the ball more and stop being a passenger. Looking into the strikers, and this is somewhere where I think we've got a few options now. I mean, I guess looking at the starters from the last two games, Washington, Uchek Piezu, Stephen McLean, you've also got Again, we're assuming, you know, Stephen Naismith is meant to sign for Hearts when we get to August, when we believe that will happen. So we'll include him in there, and he has played up front, or at least off the strikers quite often. You've got Aidan Keenan, you've got Whiten as well. So it's a position where I don't think we need to bring any more in. But with what we've got, mm. how do we play? Now, what I find interesting, I'm very pleased with Washington. I think he'd be a really good link-up player to have, especially if we've got two up front. I'd be very interested to see how he would play alongside, for instance, maybe a Stephen Naismith. Stephen McLean, I think, is a good squad player. I think we discussed it a lot last season. When you have to rely on him week in, week out to be the starting striker, I don't think it works. I don't think he's quite good enough to be at our level at his age and doing it week in, week out. But he's useful to have as a substitute and in certain games. Aidan Kina, a prospect... Whiten, uh, not sure yet. And I think you want to speak about Uche, and 
he's one where he was very he had this chaos factor last season he was very effective in certain games he still doesn't get much from the referees and I have to say in the opening two games he's been one player where I've suddenly started to maybe change my tune a bit and think is this going to work because he's looked very clumsy and I'm not quite sure he's shown the intelligence in the in the games he's certainly United game to show me that it's going to work with him up there. I'm just I'm not quite sure how it fits in. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I just I, I, it does. He's, it makes total he's, sense. He's, he's a massive he's, he's a massive guy and he's obviously got a, a whole heap of strength on him, which is so hard to deal with. But in terms of the the football side of it, I'm just not sure if it's going to work. Jeff Capes was really strong, but I wouldn't want him up front for hearts. <laughs> now, the reason I wanted to talk about Claire and Uche, and, and you haven't stolen my thunder, but I, I, think those are, <laughs> I think those are very pertinent points, but I agree with pretty much everything you've just said. For me, Uche is no longer a first name on the team sheet or a first choice. I need to see stuff from him. I need to see things that show me that he should be the first name on the team sheet or the first name... Uh, up front we discussed this towards the end of last season about second season syndrome how, how is he going to be we, we even then we noticed teams have started to work him out and it, it becomes a, if you watch enough tape of Uche and the players that he got the better of last season and the players that got the better of him if we can do that managers certainly can as well so I think I think we we need more than a one-trick pony. I think he can turn players and, and do all that, but I think opposition managers will have will have worked him out by now. Could he be a first name on the team sheet? Of course he could. Of course he could. But he needs to add goals to his game. And injuries didn't help last season. Um, I, I don't know. There was some talk that he was a little bit behind in preseason, maybe picked up a knock or a niggle. But I mean, I, I follow on Instagram, and I, I mean, he, he can push trucks. He's that strong, <laughs> but he's got to have something else to his game. That's maybe why we got him. Again, it was, it was a project. He's a Cambridge United striker coming to Hearts. He's got one of two ways he's going to go after he leaves Hearts. He's going to go upwards, or he's going to go the way that David Vanacek went. Thanks, but good luck in the future. I hope it's something better but they're just maybe maybe playing in a two right he's not a lone striker mm-hmm. and if he's if he's playing up front on his own and he doesn't have someone near him it's an it's an impossible task for him for anybody uh we give him the benefit of the doubt but he has to earn that starting jersey because right now if i'm playing a four-two-three-one, or i'm not playing with two strikers i'm playing one up one off i'm not sure Uchi is my striker i might have washington um, up there. If it's a 4-1-4-1 and I've got my width of Walker and Mulraney or, or whoever, I'm not sure I would be picking Uche over over Washington right now. I think you get more. And I know he can, I mean, the cup final, um, to, to go back to that, when he came on, I mean, he, he wasn't fit. I get that. But Celtic knew how to play him. And I think other teams have as well. So, I think we have an option. I think it's an either-or right now for a one-man starting position. And my bet, my my thought process would be more Washington than Uche 
as a lone striker. But preferably in a 4-4-2, I'd like to see them play together and see if Washington can bring out the best in Uchi. I think overall with the squad, I mean, we've talked about, Levine has said he look, he's looking to bring another central midfielder because of the problems with Haring, which is fair enough. And I think we've highlighted it's maybe the one area where you're like, there's not obvious strength in there. Whereas right back, you could maybe do with some backup. Um, but I think overall, I, I actually like the lack of business we've been doing this summer because I don't think personnel-wise, we were massively off the mark last campaign. I thought, so, so what was the problem? Because there's still those, and it's, it's easy to be part of them. And, and, and I would say as well, last year wasn't good enough. No, it wasn't. So, okay, so for you to come out and, and say, and I'm not having a go or trying to argue here, I'm just playing devil's advocate no, here. No, I get that. I we, get that. We, we haven't added that. I think we've added well. I think mm-hmm. we've added quality rather than quantity. Um, but we need to be a hell of a lot better than we were last season. The reason I say that, and I think, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of pressure on Levine to make marked improvements to last season, performance-wise, and in terms of the end result where we finish or how we do in the cups, um, and the jury's still out on a few players. I get that, but from both a commercial, a cost point of view, you know, cancelling contracts and paying players off constantly, and just for consistency, I think, and I've said it so many times um, before, I think some of Aberdeen's relative success in recent years has been that consistency in trying to develop players and build units like a whole team unit and units in defense and midfield etc grow partnerships and attack etc i think it's just important to try and have some consistency for a period of time rather than i guess pressing the panic button with players i don't think personnel wise we are hugely off the mark in terms of when you compare us to the aberdeens kamarnicks and hibs i think tactically and you know, and that obviously boils down to the managers and the coaching. There's some big question marks on how we get the best out of those players, how we set up. There's still some big questions there, but I think that's for me more of what the I guess the issues have been as opposed to the players out there. And I'm not saying we have a world-beating squad and we should be challenging Rangers and Celtic or we should be running away with third place, but I think we have some decent players that we didn't get the best out of last season. So I think having some small changes with some quality signings. So Connor Washington has done it in in England. Fair enough, he didn't score much in the Championship, but he's been effective in League One. He's done it well for Northern Ireland. He's well known by coaching staff. Good signing. Craig Halkett, great signing. I think that's actually a bit of a coup for Hearts to, to get one of the best performing defenders in the league last season, in this league as well, to Hearts. And Jamie Walker, a known quantity, who's got a point to prove, who we know has the quality at this level, maybe didn't quite have the application or was not right in the in the right place towards the end of his last um, spell with the club. Good signings. Three good signings who we know can do it at this level. I like it. Whether, I Craig, whether Craig Levine will get the most out of him, I think that will be the big question. I don't think the answer is just constantly overhauling the squad. You know, we can't get much better on paper and in terms of the pedigree of the players that we have brought in and who we currently have really at this point. We could maybe find an unknown who might be a, a diamond in the rough, but I think we have to work with what we have. And I don't want to dwell on it too much because I'm looking at the time and I know we've already got at least three quarters of the way through the podcast, but briefly looking at the two games, that we've spoken about a lot of points for the two games in terms of how Sean Clare did, how Uche did, um, how the team looked. So I don't want to get down to that too much, but I've seen, which surprises me, I've seen a lot of 
panic button's been pressed already because we drew with the championship side and had to beat them on penalties and maybe we didn't blow League 2 Cairnbeath away as much as teams would have liked. But I said it in commentary last night, for me, these Betfred Cup group stages, for a team like Hearts, they're competitive friendlies. You need to get results. It's the one thing about them. You need to get results because you want to get through. But it's also about getting players up to fit, up to speed, being able to try a couple of things and being able to maybe try a few new signings and some of the youngsters, but in a way that you're still getting the results. And if you look at Hibbs drew with fourth-year Sterling, St. Johnson got beat by third-tier Montrose, Hamilton Ackies drew and then lost on penalties to fourth-tier and amateur club Queen's Park. Very easy to, to lose sight of the fact that these are banana skins, a lot of these games, especially at this stage of the season. So I'm actually quite happy. I thought we played pretty well, especially first half against Dundee United, a decent championship side who'll be hoping to get promoted in very poor conditions. And against Kennebeath, good first half, had the job done, tempo dropped second period. You know, you don't want to overdo it or injure players. Quite content with how things have started. There's obviously a few concerns and I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I'm not saying I'm getting excited and we're, yeah, we're going to win the cup and we're going to challenge for second or third, definitely. But it's getting the job done and getting players up to speed and starting to, I guess, try a few things and getting your tactics, um, kind of, I guess, getting them honed and, and making sure little things that you weren't quite sure of, you are sure of. I couldn't believe when I saw a few play- people already getting a bit concerned at this point. That's modern day. That's what it is. You've got to win every game 10-0 and they're not happy. And the, the, the truth is somewhere in between. And I can't disagree with anything uh, that, that you said. I think you, you surmised that and your summation was, was excellent. That, that's exactly what it is. This is a, a new thing that's been introduced um, three or four years ago. Obviously, there were a couple of years that we were in Europe or one year that we didn't take part. Um, last year, we got away with it after playing a, a player we shouldn't have done and only getting a two-point penalty, which was, yeah, if that had been me against that, I would have been raging. Um uh, the biggest thing for me so far has has been the, the the element of fitness. I think we've we've hit the ground running. Uh, I think whatever plan has been in place for over in Ireland ha- has been excellent, and we we kick on from there. I'd I'd be far more worried about not creating chances than creating a a bucketful and only scoring uh, three goals so far. I'm more than more than content with where we are with what we've got so far. You want to look at a bigger picture? What is a success for Hearts this season? Best of the rest would be where we should be aiming for. Um, outside Celtic and Rangers, who, I mean, Celtic for me are, are, I think Rangers will get closer to Celtic. I don't think they'll yeah. win the league. But I think those those two are, are, for this season, with the squad that we've got and the squad that everyone else has got, not really obtainable um, to, to get near. Maybe Aberdeen will feel that they can. I think success would be finishing above Aberdeen, Hibs and Kilmarnock. Will we? I don't think so. I think we'll finish fourth. Um, I think we'll be behind Aberdeen. I still think that they've got a better squad than we have. That they've had um, the security of, of Derek McInnes staying there and, and buying and selling and having a long-term project in place. I'd be disappointed if we finish behind Hibs this season. And I'd be disappointed if we finish behind Kilmarnock. A fourth place, would that appease a lot of Hearts fans? I don't know. You'd have to ask them individually. But there has to be an improvement. And we cannot have a repeat of what we had in the second half of last season. 
when going back to a podcast that we had in December, we were full of positives, the final podcast before the turn of the year about the second half of the season, things can only get better. We'd had this wonderful start. We'd fallen off a cliff, but with the fixtures that we had, it was all going to be good again. It wasn't. It was horrible that second half of the season. We got a lucky cup draw. We got to the final. We did all right in the cup final against a very tired Celtic side. Uh, it might be a, what might have been, but we've got to improve. We've got to get better. We've signed good players, Jamie Walker and Craig Halkett especially. If Connor Washington can get a goal or two uh, in the next couple of Betfred Cup games, he should be off and running as well. But for me, there's still question marks over a couple of players. And if those question marks can go away and those couple of players who we've mentioned in this podcast can also hit the ground running, I'd be optimistic for the season ahead. Okay, well, before we finish up this week, um, do you have any homework or do you want me to... What I was going to say is we'll be back next week. However, Hearts won't have played between now and then because they don't have a game at the weekend. They play Stennis Muir next Wednesday. So we will no doubt record before Hearts play that game. We'll play Cambridge, don't we, on on Saturday, which, quote, uh, will be open (laughs) to selected members of the press. I've just got yeah. this vision of people dressing up like Irvin Welsh did in Train Spotting 2. <laughs> Say, I'm from the uh, Edinburgh Bugle. I'm here to uh, report on the game. <laughs> I'm from good. the Gorgie Chronicle. Please let me in. Gorgie um, Gazette. Gorgie oh, Gazette, sorry. The Gorgie yes. Chronicle went bankrupt back in the 80s. <laughs> the Gorgie Gazette now. Um, but we won't have a competitive game between now and then. Hearts will play Stenhousemere next midweek and then East Fife that weekend so I was can, just I, with... can, I give you, can I give you some if you've got a better one feel free well, you go I've first. got a homework okay. right, I've got a homework you can decide if you think my homework or your homework <laughs> should be the homework okay. all I want quite simply from everybody that, that wishes to send a tweet to at around the funnel is your starting 11 your best 11 for hearts ah. if everybody is fit Ah, you see, we're, we're, we're so in sync because it's pretty much what I was going to put out there. What I was going to, yeah, I was going to basically say, given we're on the theme of using what we've got and trying to get the best out of the squad, give us what you would play, how you would set this team up and who you would put in what position and how you would approach the games to get the best out of them to, I guess, maximise um, our season. So, uh, yeah, pretty much in the same wavelength. So, yeah, your best team with what we have in terms of both selection and, I guess, formation and tactics. How are you gonna? How would you set this team up if this was Football Manager and you had a transfer embargo? You have to use this squad of players. How are you gonna set them up through the season to get Hearts the highest possible finish and best season they can? That's that's good because um, I, I guess we'd hopefully be able to get quite a lot of depth out of that question because it's it's open to just giving us your starting eleven to giving us a very in-depth formation and system, but how you're going to get the most out of players, how you use your substitutions even, if you want to go into that level of depth. That's good. No, well done. You, you oh, that, wow, that's the most condescending ever. <laughs> but I, I appreciate that faint, damned praise. Just an 11 with a formation. That's all, that's oh, all because okay, okay. I, I, I've, got, I've got some. And we'll do it as well. We'll do it as well because... By the way, the, the Hearts 11, my ideal Hearts 11 for this season, which I gave out at the end of last season, is nothing like the 11 that's going to be 
I had Shankland in there. I had Gary Mackay, Stephen, Chris Cadden, Lee Wallace, Liam Kelly in the goal. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah, it's never, never going to have pipe dream. It was a pipe dream. Well, yeah, Delighted with Halkett. Delighted with Walker. Looking forward to seeing Washington hit the ground running. So, yeah, so there you go. We're, we're just, I'm looking forward to seeing what you call this this first show. The interruption of a bear suggests bear necessities. Oh, I don't know. Say. Well, before we go, I actually have. Oh, what? A very brief quiz for you. No. No. When I say brief, this quiz is two questions. Okay. Just to see how this goes down, okay? Okay. By the way. And it's and it's appropriately themed based on our last couple of games. So here we go. Two questions mm-hmm. for you. First up. Mm. Before last Friday, Hearts' last League Cup match against Dundee United was the quarter-final of 2012, when John McGlynn's side won 5-4 on penalty kicks after a 1-1 draw. But who was sent off for Hearts that evening? I think I know this one. That was 2012. Yes. Uh, That would have been... How much? How much time? We won on penalties, didn't we? We won on penalties, five four. Darren Barr. Well done. Yes, Darren yes. Barr received a second yellow with thirteen minutes to go, with the scoreline at one one, following goals from Callum Patterson and Callum, Johnny yeah. Russell. Yep, Hearts yep. held it for penalties, and Rudy Scatchell was the United player who wouldn't take a penalty, given that it was oh ten versus God, ten. Yes. Remember that, because yes. obviously when a side's down to ten, the other team have to nominate a player not to take one because otherwise it's uneven um, and there was a bit of a hoo-ha made about that Scatchell didn't want to take one against his old club and uh, Sean Dillon missed the crucial penalty for United couldn't have told you that thank god defeat. that wasn't the question <laughs> I, just honestly I know we've, we've had a stupid tangent today which was totally unexpected um, but we haven't had many kind of tangents related on stuff that either of us has said Tanadice memories could be something for one week Michael Stewart <laughs> getting sent off for shouting at his own fans and Robbo, um, 1986, scoring a couple of goals on a 3-0 win in, I think it was April 96. We played them in the semi-final of the Cup at Hamden, uh, which John Colquhoun scored the only goal. And then I think we played them again the following Saturday and won 3-0. Um, that was the old terrace. That, was, that might have been some of the best terracing. That and Rugby Park, because Rugby Park was vast, but Tannadice was steep like that. Anyway, sorry, tangent. Second <laughs> question. <laughs> Hearts last played Cowdenbeath at Central Park competitively in April 2015 when yes. a late Brad Mackay penalty sealed all three points for Robbie yes. Nielsen's men and ensured they'd finish with a record points total. Can you name the midfielder who made his fourth and final start for the Jambos that day? In 2015? Yep, uh, late in the championship season, his fourth and final start. Didn't play much, obviously. Are you going to throw me an English-sounding Dutchman? <laughs> I thought it would more be like a Scottish-sounding Dutchman, but... Oh, yeah, well, same, same thing. <laughs> Kev... I was going to say Kevin Anderson. Was it Kenny Anderson? Kenny Anderson, the Dutchman who signed for a nominal oh. fee 
At the end of the January transfer window 2015, he made nine appearances in total, with Robbie Nielsen giving him a substitute appearance in the next game, which was against Rangers, to ensure he received a winner's medal that campaign. Do you know why I remember that? Why? Because I had money on Callum Patterson to score first in that game. Yes, as did everyone, I think. (laughs) There you go. And if I remember, did Cowden Beast not take the lead? They did, yes. And Patterson scored. He but did. it wasn't the first goal. And no. we were all, we were all um, denied. He didn't have him in any time as well? No, just first. Ah, dear. Um, <laughs> Kenny Anderson, anyway, he left in January 2016. Didn't feature that season when we were back in the top flight. And he was last seen playing for amateur club Quick Boys in his <laughs> native Netherlands. <laughs> so many places we could go. I know. But we won't. I know, I know. Well, at least it's not young boys, because that's also a team where you can you can go certain places, which lead to certain jokes. Um, but, but, by the way, before <laughs> before we end up, um, I'd I'd love to I'd love to do a where are they now for the Hearts bench that night. Okay. Because Sean McCurdy, Sofian El Hasnawi, Gary Oliver, Ian Smith. Scott Gallagher, Christ, plus James Keatings and little Sam Nicholson from Pennycook scoring for the Colorado Rapids in the MLS goal of the week last weekend. It was, but it was a cracker. As for the others, Ian Smith, a brother of David Smith, I believe. Who remember he was also at Hearts, I think, if I remember rightly. Anyway, oh, is it, it Stranraer now? There you go. This is going to get into um, our favourite player from the podcast last season. Who was that? Um, the mysterious man who replaced Rudy Scatchel. Do you not remember? Oh, yeah. Did we ever find out what happened to him? No. What was his you name again? His... Yeah, you go. You forgot his name, haven't you? <laughs> I was hoping you would say it. Dave. Jim. Peter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, on the subject of Rudy Scatchel, before we go, a, a very how many happy, goodbyes have we had? I know wow. a very, a very happy fortieth birthday to Rudy Scatchel today when we're recording this. Anyway, um, and I did, I did enjoy the official Hearts Twitter response to the fact that he actually shares his birthday with Paul Heckingbottom, and um, <laughs> Hibernian tweeted, um, "Happy birthday, head coach Paul Heckingbottom," and uh, someone called Vinny Mackay, responded saying, he is exactly two years younger than me. Hibbs then responded, happy birthday, Vinny. You're in esteemed company, to which the Hearts Twitter feed decided to jump in and say, he sure is, with a picture of Rudy Scatchel shushing the Hybies in the cup final in 2012. Um, which I think is tweet of the day, if there is such a thing. Indeed. Indeed. 40, 40 though. Scary, yeah. The only is it the only player in modern times have won two Scottish Cups for the Jambos. And I was at Easter Road that glorious day when he got substituted. Hearts weren't even playing. He got substituted and <laughs> he came off and did the five. Was it the five? I'm sure he did the five one. I've got a picture uh, out of it. The time. Wasn't another scoreline. I think I don't think so. So yeah, no. five one. Okay. Good player. Right, we'll, we'll wrap this up now because we're... <laughs> again. Again. So, 
thank you for tuning in to the new podcast if you would like to take the survey and tell us to try and shorten uh, and not go off on so many tangents and close the show quicker then take the survey go to um scarves around the funnel.co.uk and you'll be able to find it on there or visit the twitter page at around the funnel and for next week the homework is to give us your formation your lineup for the season how are you going to get the best out of the current heart squad let us know and we'll talk about it next week and i'm sure we'll find some other things to talk about despite the fact hearts won't have a competitive game in between um thanks for joining mark i'm looking forward to a, a productive and more optimistic and positive campaign look for the bare necessities the simple bare necessities forget about your worries and your strife very good thank you <laughs> see you next time bye boo boo Look for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities or Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be found off my big home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy ants, then maybe try a few. The bare necessities of life will come to you.